Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Coming down in three, two, one. All right, welcome in. Standing High School Football Podcast Week 1. And it's a little bit different this time than uh, we usually do. We're going to do a, uh, a Twitter Spaces this week. A lot of things moving together. Um, and then we're going to uh, save it, record it, and post it later. So all of you guys are joining us live. Thanks for joining us. Everybody that uh, is listening on the podcast, uh, thanks again for joining. Uh, this year, I'll be uh, joined with Jeff King. Uh, Jeff is a, a trainer over at Fitness Quest, big high school football fan as well. Um, wanted to get involved with, with a little bit of podcasting and, and spaces. And I don't know if spacing is really a word or not. Um, and being involved with, with broadcasting. Um, so I'm going to let Jeff introduce himself and we'll start, start getting, getting on our way. Go ahead, Jeff. Appreciate it, Brady. Yeah. Like you said, you know, all about sports, uh, whether it be high school, college and pro. So I'm just kind of thankful for the opportunity to, to be joining you over the course of the year and talk to some high school football and just share my thoughts. Uh, and also other people's thoughts that I hear, you know, from talking to people. Um, during the week about the games and just uh, we'll touch on some trending topics throughout the year. But uh, yeah, so I'm excited for the opportunity to kind of just be on this space with you platform and um, talk about some football. So I'm ready to go. Yeah. Week one or week zero, I should say was last week. It was a, uh, a fun week spread over three days. It was good to have high school football back. It was earlier than it usually is. Of course. Um, you know, it seems to be getting earlier and earlier and earlier. Um, I remember when I, used to play, which was 10 years ago now. I just had my 10-year high school reunion make myself feel old. Um, you know, you it was like a week before Labor Day. I know before my time, like Labor Day weekend was was kind of the scrimmage week or week one, and now we're starting um, on August 18th. So um, really early, but uh, it's good to have high school football back in San Diego. I had a lot of games on that first week on, on Thursday, about 10 of them. And then we had, of course, our main event on Friday, and then uh, a pretty good game game on saturday um which was a um a game that was on tv it was on kosi which is cool so a lot of people got to watch that and then of course we got a, a tv game coming up next or this saturday uh, on espn too but uh t- kind of looking back at, at last week before we dive into our top 10 jeff anything that you know really stood out to you in that in that first week of high school football uh let's see uh, I think let's go in your kind of backyard, something you're familiar with, Cathedral and Modern Day. Uh, how about the Dons, man, putting up a 55 spot on the defending state champs? And I think what really stood out was the fact that you guys, uh, the Dons, threw the ball a lot. And, um, you know, I was some rumblings I, that I heard going into the season that you guys were going to throw the ball, and it definitely was evident. 
um, this past weekend against Modern Day. So very impressive showing there. Uh, on the flip side with Modern Day, tough spot for them going into the season, I think. Uh, losing all the talent that they did and pretty much having the same start to the schedule that they had last year where they started 0-4 on uh, the United Remind People. And uh, it's just a tough spot, you know, because not only did they lose a lot from a talent standpoint, also that people get under, uh, underrated is the leadership. You know, whenever you win a state title and they won back-to-back state titles, which is very impressive, I don't care what level you're at, um, you got to have good leadership, not only from the coaching staff, but from the players. So it's twofold. They got to replace all that talent you want. And now you have to replace all the leadership that you lost, such as in the Hill, uh, Mosley, the Baz Luckin, all those guys. You know, college. So it's a tough spot. And as you know, they got Carl's bad, you know, on Saturday on the road. And Jeff just started to cut out a little bit and uh, a little bit on his uh, on his internet there. We'll let him uh, regroup. But as as Jeff was saying, yeah, it, it's tough to replace a lot of kids, especially in high school level, and and kind of uh, you know replicate what you did the last two years, especially with that senior class that Modern Day had. Um, you know, I'm interested to see how Poway does um, this season. You know, they beat RB fourteen to six. A little bit of a low scoring game, but they are replacing a lot of seniors as well. Cal Preps currently has them ranked 11 in the uh, in the section, um, and a good win over over RB, who's now coached by uh, Eric Weddle. And we kind of talked about that on the uh, the talk show last week uh, with John Matthew when he joined us. But um, you know, a lot of a lot of ex NFL guys out there coaching right now, Jeff. Before we kind of really uh, talk a little bit more about that, I, I just wanted to get your your thoughts on you know Stephen Cooper is is not the head coach at Saint Augustine, but He's coaching at Saints, and then um, you know uh, Nick Barnett is is coaching at Del Norte. Eric Weddle uh, now the head coach at Ranch Bernardo, and you know at, just even at Cathedral, I got uh, Derek Smith helping me out at the uh, at the JV level. Um, but a lot of a lot of ex NFL guys, a lot of ex Chargers out there uh, coaching the youth. That's it's pretty fun to see. It is, and shout out to Coach or Nick Barnett for getting his first win at Del Norte. And I think it's good for the city having um, ex NFL players, especially if they play for the local team or the former local team. Excuse me, um, being able to kind of give back. You know, when you have a former, uh, even college player, um, there's that instant credibility, right? And that you walk in the door, so they, they get everyone's attention. And even with that still being said. Um, it's still not easy to build a program and, and, and the challenges that these guys face, but it definitely helps coming in that, you know, they have the experience, they understand what it takes to play at a high level and the kind of day and, and day things that you need to do to become a winner. And it's a, it's a process. So having someone that's been through that at the highest level definitely helps out. So definitely excited to see um, these coaches, um, especially specifically Barnett and Weddle, um, how their teams progress as the year uh, unfolds. Let's talk a little bit about Thursday's games. There's nine games last Thursday. Benito over Castle Park, 34-12. to Westview beat Olympian, 35-14. Um, you know, Olympian last-minute coaching change at the end of the year, uh, you know, with, with uh, their head coach leaving, uh, you know, kind of last minute. Uh, no, nothing on the coaches on that one. That was kind of a, a family thing. Uh, Army-Navy brought out the show against Orange Glen, 49 nothing, and then, Santana beat Cannon Hills forty to twenty one. 
Um, you know, their starting quarterback. I got the I got the text from from Burner uh, before our show. He went Jaden Goldman, the starting quarterback for Santana, perfect thirteen for thirteen, and that's a it's a good way to start your your high school season there, Jeff. Going a, a perfect thirteen for thirteen. Uh, that's tough to do in, in any offense at any level, uh, especially in high school, when when a lot of things can go awry on completions. But uh, I want to give a shout out to him there in that that first game. Um, University City and LCC, the Costa Canyon beat up on UC Mission Bay over Christian 31-19, Morse over Escondido 22-18. Mount Carmel needed a block PAT to beat Otai Ranch after jumping out to a 21-0 lead. They won 28-27, and then Lincoln uh, went out to Hawaii and played Waianae, and they won 41-0. Out of all those games I mentioned, including that that stat I threw out to you, what really stood out in that in that first week, that first that Thursday night? Well, I don't know if it's, if it's a, a good thing, but just the South Bay, it struggles um, from a football standpoint. And, you know, I live in the South Bay. so And you know, an East, East Lake alum, correct? Yes, yes, indeed. Class 2001. You know, East Lakes over the years had success. Right now, they've, they're really struggling. So a lot of the teams down in this area outside of modern day really struggling to put together a solid program. So interesting to see how that unfolds. Um, throughout the years, can a couple teams from the South Bay, outside of Monday, and even Monday is going to, is going to have their challenges this year with uh, what we talked about earlier. But can a South Bay team or two kind of um, find their identity and success um, moving forward this season? I think Otai Ranch. I think they're in good shape with with Coach Burton down there at Otai. Um, he coached us get these over a while, and you know he inherited. Um, kind of a mess down there and he's really done a good job trying to turn it around I and mean, that's a tough loss to uh, the first week of the year uh to lose by one point on a, on a blocked point after attempt um you know it's a tough way to, to to drop that first game um you know I, the other one that really stands out to me the university city la costa canyon game um i think la costa canyon is probably going to be a, a have a pretty good season this year but you know university city uh they got a tough slate jeff i mean they went last year you know, competing for a state championship and 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 going deep with with a uh, a big group of, of seniors and with the way that everything plays out in terms of high school football, um, you know, it's once you win games like that, you get bumped up and all of a sudden your schedule gets uh, a lot different. And this season, University City, um, you know, not only they have La Costa Canyon non-league, but uh, as well as Point Loma, but they got moved up to the Western League, so it's not going to get any easier for. For the Centurions, who I know are up for the battle, but they got Cathedral, Saints, Lincoln, Madison, and they get to play Scripps Ranch in a non-league game. So that's a tough schedule for the uh, for UC coming off of a, a really successful year last year. Definitely, definitely, and you know, with success, obviously, it's a good thing for the program. But like you said, when you have experienced that type of success, especially when you go deep and reach the state level, um, you do get bumped up. And some people may agree with that. Some people don't. I think from a competitive standpoint, I think the coaches welcome that. But when you have these programs like this, it's it's hard because you do have turnover. And, you know, there's only a few teams, you know, throughout the nation that can basically what we call reload, right? You know, bring another class and, and, and not really miss a beat. But most high school programs, when you have a successful season or two, it's hard. It's hard to keep up that, you know, um, that momentum, especially if you're not a historical, you know, prestigious type of uh, program, but definitely I see that being a challenge for 
University City. But like you said, they're going to be game for it. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, it will make the team better. You know, and I think you'll see they'll be rewarded towards the end of the season. And I think because playing a tough schedule, it will allow them to develop and, and be successful towards the end of the season. Well, it brings up an interesting topic because – we start looking at like the way they do the playoffs, and I think I think they, we don't know officially yet. At least I I'm not aware. I'd have to get this confirmed, but I don't think they are going with the CIF rankings this year for the playoffs. I think they're going back to the Cal Preps deal, which I I personally prefer. Um, you know, going off the rating system. Uh, now, obviously, it's it's a lot different than the old school. Um, you know, class size or school size. Divisions. I just think the way schools are now in San Diego, especially with there not being a lot of big schools, and most schools are kind of the same size, um, you have to kind of go this new route. But even even more so, like if you think about it from a, a standpoint of what the Southern section does. So let's talk about San Diego for a second. When they see the playoffs, assuming they go back to Cal Preps, they have everybody in divisions for the season starts, and then based on your power rating on Cal Preps, which incorporates – Everybody across the country, and I'm a big Cal Preps friend because I think they do a great job. Mm. And um, you know, if they had Cal Preps for uh, um, uh, for other sports, I'd be making tons of money on on gambling because that's that's kind of what the <laughs> formula was for. I mean, it was based on you know trying to pick games at the college and and pro level. And and I know there's there's still people that use the formula that they have. Um, you know, that Cal Preps won't give out, but they do an an unbelievable job predicting the scores of all these games. So they they're very accurate in their rankings and to the point where when they did the playoffs, I mean, during the open division, I mean, the, the top seeds would always make it to the finals and every top seed would win in the first round. So they had to go down to four teams. I mean, that's how accurate it was. So as of right now, you get placed in your division based on the last three years and CIF has a power ranking system for that. And then at the end of the season, based on how you did, you get a power rating and then they seed accordingly, accordingly per division. Now, the downside of that is if you'd have a really good year, a really good class for two years, and it falls off, all of a sudden you get bumped up with a squad that's not ready to play at the higher level. The Southern section, Jeff, and I'm going to let you kind of weigh the two options and let, let me, uh, you can tell me what you think is better. The Southern section is taking the Cal Preps thing and is taking it a, a step further with the way that they determine their playoffs. They don't have anybody in a division for the season starts. So nobody has a division for the season starts. And what they do, and they have like 12 divisions up there, and they do 16-team playoffs, so that's that's kind of how they do it. But they use Cal Preps at the end of the year, and the top 16 teams, and this is, again, this is kind of paraphrasing. There's a couple of tweaks to it and nuances with league champions and everything. But just general synopsis is, in the Southern section, the top 16 teams are in D1, or the Open, whatever it is. Then the next 16 teams are in D2. And then so on and so forth through the D12, and that's how they seed their playoffs. So that brings up an interesting topic that I think that we could get into before we kind of finish the the recap of Week One. Is we mentioned University City specifically. You know they have a really good year the last two years, but now they have to play up, and they're stuck and they're locked in the division regardless of what their team is now. And we all know that high school teams are not like the NFL or college. You know it's it's not the same team each and every year. I mean you got a brand new team. So just on kind of the way I explained it, how would Jeff King pick a playoff format for San Diego high schools? Well, on the surface, based on what you explained, because I never really was aware of the Southern section uh, until now, um, I like that. 
um, that option in the sense that you take care of the kind of built-in variability we talked about with most programs. Like you said, like we said, there's only so few modern day, you know, Santa Ana and De La Salle or, you know, those kind of powerhouses where, you know, year in and year out, you know what to expect. They're going to win 10, 11 games. They're going to be a top, you know, three or five team in all of California and even some years in the nation. So I think by having that, flexibility year in year out i think it's it, it's more of a fair read um you don't have this kind of built-in you know bias or preconceived notions in terms of okay what this team's going to do or based off of previous years for like example modern day you know back-to-back state champions and they might have a successful year this year as well but again they lost a ton of talent so and they may potentially struggle so Having that ability to kind of just see where the chips fall during the year, I like that. And I think it's from a from a competitive standpoint. I think it's fair. You don't have a team that's locked in. You may have a team on the flip side. We talked about teams that maybe have two you know good years and down here. I have a team that let's just say for instance they were D three um, the last couple of years and they have this big you know senior class and they kill D3 for the, you know, the third, uh, for that third year. Well, they might be in, in a position to be ready to go D1 um, that particular year. So I'm with you on that. I, I, I like that format and I think it, it, it takes care of the variability that you see in high school football. I like it too, from the standpoint, if like, if you have a really good team and you know, your squad's going to be really good, you have an opportunity to play for the top, the top deal. You don't have to like climb the leaderboard and kind of go on a consistent winning streak to try to win an open division title. Like teams like, um, you know, I don't think they were good enough to win a, um, an open division championship last year. But, you know, let's just take University C, for example. If they have a really good year and they got a really good class and, you know, they think they can go beat some of the top teams in, in San Diego, you know, they'll, they'd be given an opportunity to do so. Kind of like a Poway last year. You know, Poway had the benefit of being in the, uh, a D1 school and, and have that opportunity last year, but you know, that's, that's kind of a, a, a good reward for a, for a class that's expected to do well instead of like dominating at a lower level. And I think the same thing can be said about, you know, like you see this year where you see this year is not going to be as good as they were last year. And I know they got a chip on their shoulder and they're going to play tough and they got a tough schedule and whatnot have you, but they're not getting completely punished for a team that they had the year before that they currently don't have. So I'm all in favor of that. I think, I think that's the way to go. Um, I know there uh, there's a lot of coaches on the fence about that and a lot of coaches that don't want to do that here in San Diego and, and kind of copy everything the Southern section does. And I don't think we need to copy it, you know, completely, but I think that would be a, a nice little start. I also, I yeah. mean, I'm still a favor in favor of, you, you, there's no such thing as a four team playoff. I mean, I don't, I hate it in college. I hate it in San Diego high school football. I think the top level needs to be eight teams. I think you need to win three games, to win a championship. Um, so if I, if I had it my way, I'd do the rating system on Cal preps. I'd eliminate divisions until the end of the year. I'd seed the playoffs. We go top eight in the open next 12, all the way through, um, however divisions you want to do and, and let's play and let's roll. But I thought it was an interesting topic of discussion, um, that we could get into. I know a lot of people were talking about it, but you know, that's kind of how I would, I would view it and, and, um, how I would go. Let's get back. Quick, to, uh, yeah, go ahead. Quick question before we transition. Yeah. As a coach, because you said some coaches are on the fence about it and, and not sure. If you're a coach in this situation. Let's say that you're a D4 team and, you know, you've had two mediocre seasons or fairly decent seasons. And in this third year, 
you're going to you're kind of loaded. You got a big senior class, you're ready to go. If you stay in D4, you're probably going to win. But under that model, let's just say you have a kick-ass season and you, you know, outperform everyone, have this totally this super good year, and you go in the playoffs undefeated, and you're bumped up, let's say D2, where your chances are not as good to win a title. As a coach, what would you want? Are you going all about the competition? Or if you're insulated to have a better chance to win a division title, even if it might be lower, how do you view that? Well, I mean, I don't it's it's I think we have to and I know it's with the current format, I think it gives a lot of schools an opportunity to win. And it gives a lot of schools an opportunity to win a championship, especially the way enrollment is, right? Where like you know, back in the day, San Diego High had over 2,000 kids, and they were a D1 school, but they were never going to win D1. And now they can win, like, D4, D5. You know, so that from that standpoint, it's been a good thing. The The counter to that is now there's a lot of schools that win D4, D5 that think they could beat an open team, right? And it's just, and yes. they know that they're never going to have to play them, so it's just kind of like, oh, we would have beat you, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> I think you have to I think you have to view it as it is. Division, Division one in San Diego has 16 teams. Right in the top four go to the open. Yes. So if you win D two, you're really the seventeenth best team in San Diego. You really are because they base they base the divisions on how good you are. Right. It's not based on on your enrollment anymore. So I think I mean, and and nobody ever wants to view it like that. But the the reality is, D two is seventeenth place. Right. And I think mm-hmm. if you win D one. You're really playing for fifth place because you're in the same division as the four in the open, and they're battling it out at the top. I mean, if you took the yeah. the third team in the open, what's saying they wouldn't win D one, right? It's not True. like the same divisions where it was based on enrollment. So to me, I mean, you start looking at it. So like, there's 16 teams in D one, and there's 16 teams in D two. So like, you win D three, you're you're in 33rd place. So that's how mm-hmm. I, I kind of view it. So if I'm if I'm a coach. You know, I, I always want to, I think, and, you know, I'm not a head coach yet, and I know there's, there's building blocks and certain goals, but to me, if I was ever a head coach at any any division, I think our ultimate goal needs to be we want to play for an open championship. And I mean, like, that could be a long-term goal, right? I mean, if you're taking over a D5 program, and based on your resources and what you have, certain kids you have, you know, we should be constantly trying to work our way up so we could be the big dogs in San Diego. I mean, that's how I would I would view it. I mean, that's just I don't know. Maybe that's just my mentality. Maybe that's just the way I was raised. But to me, I want to win the best. I want to be the best team in San Diego. And in order to do that, you got to be in Division One. You got to be in the Open. So I don't understand schools that would rather win lower division championships than go compete at higher levels and really test themselves. And I and I and and to me, that's that's how I would view it. I don't know if you have a, a different opinion on that. I mean, I. It's great to win championships, right? I mean, if that's if winning D two considers is is considered a championship, I mean, you want a championship, but I think you should enjoy the opportunity and go do it. I don't want to take that away from the kids, but I don't know. To me, you know, if you if if you're not trying to be in the the highest division possible, I don't I don't really think your 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 end goal is is correct. No, I agree. If you're a true competitor, um, you know, at the highest level. I think you have to have that mindset. Um, you know, all championships are not equal. I mean, obviously, you 
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. I won a championship, but I think you're truly a competitor in, in, in how you measure yourself by playing the best and by being the best. So the best is open division. So having that goal, I think, should be on everyone's list, whether it's short term or like you said, long term. So I'm with you on that one. Yeah, I mean it's like you know like in college basketball, like you make a sweet sixteen, you hang a banner, right? And same thing like a final four. Like like going to the final four is like winning a national championship. And everything after that's kind of like a um, you know, it's 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 extra. Like if you're setting a state, I mean you want a region in college basketball, it's such a fluke. I mean it's basically a national championship. You get to hang a banner for a sweet sixteen, elite eight, a final four. You make the open. I mean, just making the open should be like a goal. You should kind of. Con- I, I mean, to me, I, I would view that as like a championship level thing. I mean, would you rather? Would you rather make the open or come in second in D one? Yeah, I'd rather make the open. Right. I mean, yeah. I'd rather make the open and lose than win D one because I want to be in the top. I'm in the top bracket. I'm in the top four. You know, I'd Definitely. rather be in fourth yeah. place than fifth place. And you know, I, I just don't know if that's necessarily the case for a lot of a lot of a lot of coaches and a lot of programs. But you know what? I mean, there's something to be said about holding the trophy at the end of the season, you know, and playing for a state championship, right? Because now everybody goes to the state that wins. Yeah. So you know, would you rather you know be in fourth in the open and lose when you could have been fifth in you know d1 the one seed and then now you're going to state i mean i think there's something to be said about that as well for sure for sure i'm with you on that so very interesting topic of discussion i I think the southern sections you know they usually are make the most sense when it comes to competitiveness and that's a big reason why they kind of call a lot of the shots um for the rest of the state of california uh including like the way that they do high school flag football which is kind of cool that's that's starting up um this week i was just leaving cathedral they were getting there the girls flag football was getting underway which is awesome um at cathedral jeff garcia the former 49er um and eagle and i gotta forget he played for a couple other teams NFL. yeah Yeah, he's the head coach of the 
girls flag football team at Cathedral's daughter's a sophomore. She's a quarterback. So I'm curious to see how they do. But I think it's yeah. going to be fun. I think it's great. I think it gives um, girls an opportunity to play this great game that, that um, they haven't had the opportunity to play before, aside from maybe one powder puff game against like the seniors if you're juniors. And to make it a CIF sport, I think, is, I think is awesome. Yeah, I love that. I, I definitely love that, um, that opportunity for these girls. You know, I've seen a few highlights on TV. Um, and just like I said, giving them opportunity to play another sport and just go out there and be athletic and, and enjoy. So really, and you know, coming from a guy who has three daughters, you know, just seeing that as an, and again, another uh, opportunity for girls to kind of show off their skill set um, is really cool. So I, I'm excited for that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It gives you another sport in the fall. I mean, I thought it'd be very difficult to kind of pull off in the fall, but so far so good, um, you know, with refs and everything. But to me, I mean, that, that needs to be a sport with no cuts and as many teams as you can have, the better. It's a good way to grow the game uh, even more than it's already growing. I mean, football is like one of those only sports that's not, you know, doesn't have like a, you know, female version of it. You know, like basketball is the same and baseball and softball, you know, they have that equal sport. So for football to have girls flag, I think it's going to be, Fun. I think it's a great way to, to grow the uh, the most popular game in the United States. So uh, hopefully a lot of girls play. Hopefully they have fun doing it. And at that time, it's great because, you know, in the fall right now, I think there's only a couple of girls sports, field hockey and um, and cross country. And there's there's some girls that, you know, play basketball and softball and want to play a little play a little football, throw the rock around. And it's a lot of throwing, though, too, Jeff. I mean, the rules are like NFL flags. So um, I was talking to the, one of the, the defensive coordinator, if you will, of the uh, – the seven on seven uh, flag football team for the girls. And he said, you get one run a drive and it can't be within five yards of a first down or a touchdown. So girls are going to be slinging the rock out there. I love it. I love it. And again, you know, you know, being a former athlete, um, you know, playing multiple sports is good for overall de- athletic development and carry over between sports such as lacrosse and football. So, uh, a lot of these girls will be very successful at that um, just because they play other sports that require athleticism and change of direction, things of that nature. So hopefully you get some, a lot of support for it and um, it, it can be successful. Let's talk about Friday's games. Um, you know, a little bit longer of a, uh, of a uh, kind of a breakdown of last week, just because um, we had so many games on so many different days. It's week one. And this is our first podcast of, of the year doing it on spaces right now. And of course uh, we're going to post this on 97 of the fans website. Um, I'll have a preview article on, on every Friday. We're going to try to do this uh, each and every Thursday live um, on the podcast via Streamyard. You know, some of that will have to depend on, on, on the Padre schedule, obviously uh, with us being hooked up with the uh, 97 through the fan account. But uh, uh, that's, that's kind of our plan right now. And um we're going to be doing it probably each each and every Thursday around around six o'clock, seven o'clock. Um, we'll keep you guys posted on that. So everybody that's tuned in right now, thanks again for joining us, uh, and then everybody that's listening on the uh, on the podcast, we really appreciate it. After uh, this is officially wrapped, and uh, I'm so used to doing podcasts on Thursday, Jeff. I'm having a little I had a little panic attack, like I had to go up to uh, Chaminade uh, tomorrow and and be ready for a football game. I do have to do it for JV. They they host Chaminade tomorrow, but. Let's talk about some of the games on Friday. We, we briefly discussed Eric Weddle's first game at Rancho Bernardo. They lost to Poway 14-6. I think that was one of our better uh, in-county games last week, uh, a close one. I don't know if you were able to catch the uh, the PPR. They interviewed Eric Weddle after the game. It felt like a, a regular post-game press conference when he was playing for the San Diego Chargers, and uh, it was <laughs> a loss for the Chargers. I mean, 
he let it. He was like, we didn't do this well. We didn't do that well. And uh, I think it's going to be fun to watch him stock the sidelines this year. Yeah, I love him as a player and his you know, intensity. So uh, it's going to be curious to see if he can bring that uh, and instill that with his team. But, you know, based on what you said, after the the game, the post game, you know, he's gonna wear the post on his sleeve and you know, and take every game and put it all out there. And I think he hopes that his team can, you know, kind of uh, go off of that and and learn from you know what they did wrong, what they can do to improve to get uh, an, a better result. Uh, but a battle on Pearl Street or whatever street in La Jolla where La Jolla beat Bishops 41-19, a little rivalry game to get the season started as well as RB and Poway. And a lot of rivalry games that first week, Jeff, just because uh, some of these schools that used to be in the same league are not in the same league anymore. Fallbrook over Vista, old school 90s um, rivalry game. of Fallbrook Warriors took Vista by uh, 20 points and then uh, – uh, of course, we had some other games throughout San Diego County. Del, we talked about Del Norte beating Torrey Pines, um, Nick Barnett's first win uh, of his coaching career. That's a big upset, um, you know, no matter what's going on with, with Torrey or Del Norte. But uh, that's a big win for a Del Norte program that's still, you know, relatively new uh, of a school in the last 15 years. For sure, for sure. Uh, that's a great start to his regime, um, being a well-established school like Torrey. So, I'm sure he's excited about that, and people around the program just excited to have him um, being a part of that staff, and, and hopefully you can get them to a position where they're uh, competing for titles, if not this year and the upcoming year. So, a uh, big win, big start to the season for uh, Del Norte. We had two other ranked games. We mentioned the uh, Cathedral Modern Day game. I mean, these are two top 25 in the county teams, according to uh, Cal Preps, two top 10 teams. Going to Cal Preps, Modern Day came in around number four. Cathedral was around seven and eight. They basically flip-flopped uh, in the rankings after the 55-14 win for the Dons. Modern Day, very young, lot, trying to replace a lot of uh, older leadership and, and, and players that have won two, two state championships. Uh, but I know Coach John Joyner is going to get those guys ready to go. And then you know, Cathedral had a pretty good game. Still had a lot of mis- uh, mistakes mixed in like any other week one game, but you know, a, a, a team that's trying to bounce back after a six and six year from a year ago. Yeah. And you know, with Cathedral, you know, they have, they're a perennial uh, power here in San Diego. So I know a lot of people, most people expect them to have a very solid season and bounce back season from last year. They, uh, as always, they ran a gauntlet of a schedule. So they, they struggled early and, you know, it was challenging for them, but, Again, I don't want to be surprised if they see or if they go ahead and have one of their typical uh, seasons where they win double-digit victories. Um, but, you know, quick question for you. In terms of preseason rankings, it's always, you know, doesn't mean a lot, not necessarily. But how much do you weigh or you think should be weighed on uh, success from the previous season as opposed to what you're projecting currently with the the student body or the football team actually has because um, I know a lot of people are saying well um, Lincoln they won the state titles that's why the number one but a lot of people think that Carlsbad is a better team on paper just because they have more coming back obviously with saying you know they're loaded offensively but last season success should carry over into a preseason rank. 
Well, I think it's tough. And I think it's the same thing with college too, right? Um, college is a little bit they, the the writers in that are a little bit more biased, but um, you know, I voted I voted for you know I, I think Carlsbad is the best team in the county, um, flat out. I, I just think everything they got coming back, their quarterback who's you know committed Alabama, um, you know, an elite eleven guy. I mean, you know, ESPN and just show up if your teams not elite with an elite quarterback. And that's, you know, that's, that's Carlsbad and they're playing on ESPN two on Saturday. So they're flat out to me. They're the team to be in the County. And then I think it's Lincoln. Um, and you know what? I mean, after, you know, seeing the size of Granite Hills um, in that scrimmage against Lincoln, I think Granite Hills is the third best team in San Diego. And that's not in the knock on, on other, on other schools. I think Helix looked a lot better uh, than they did last year in their first game against Edison, you know, cathedral obviously uh, looked really good in their first game, their line, uh, a lot bigger and better than it was a year ago. Uh, teams like uh, Madison is always good, so it's tough to rank. But you know, when I do my rankings, I mean, I usually, you know, and until somebody beats the the defending champ or the top dog, I mean, they they really are, you know, the top dog. And I try to I try to put them near the top every single time, regardless of uh, where they're at. And it's it's just so hard in in high school. I, I mean, and, and the rankings change so drastically. Um, you know, week to week, but even like the Cal preps ones, I mean, if you like the preseason Cal preps rankings, uh, and I'm a big, I'm a big component for Cal preps. I, I think it's the best high school football website. You can see where everybody's ranked in the entire country. Max preps uses the Cal preps ranking system. So if you go on max preps, that's all Cal preps, uh, ranking. They just pull from that website. Uh, but even them, I mean, they, they, their preseason's tough because it's, it's a lot of kind of keeping it the same of where it's at. And then there's an algorithm based on how many four-star athletes you have, five-star athletes, three-star athletes, how many returners you have on both sides of the ball, how many linemen impact players. Uh, and that's all based on a questionnaire that is handed out uh, to all the coaches in California specifically. They have to send it back in uh, to Ned Freeman who runs Cal prep. So, Long story short, I'm not a big believer in the uh, opening couple of uh, rankings, and even even Cal Prep says on their website, you got to wait till October before you know they'll start putting out score predictions because they need they need data. Uh, so yeah. we'll we'll see how it's got to fluctuate a lot. I mean, you know, Cathedral doubled their rating after one win. I mean, they they came in with a 15 uh, point something power rating, which was going to equal them winning only three games, which we knew wasn't the case, and I think that's the same to be said about a lot of these schools early on and we'll see what happens in the next couple of weeks or so. So, but you know, preseason ratings, I, I think they're overrated. Um, you have to do them cause people like them. They're fun. Kind of get a gauge who's going to be good and who's, who's not, but mine are going to change a lot and we'll get to our top tens in in just a second. Yeah. And honestly, um, preseason rankings, just, they do what we're doing now. Gives us something to talk about. Um, whether it's college basketball, college football, we know the I wanted to talk about Grossmont for a second. They won their first game in over like a year and a half. They went over last year, and they they won in um, their last win was like November of 2021. They got Anthony Lawrence as their new head coach, former Grossmont Foothiller quarterback, went on to play at USD. Um, played international for a little bit. He's playing in Japan. Um, you know, came back, uh, helped out at USD. I think maybe the last two years, and now he's taken over. 
um, at a very young age to be the head coach at Grossmont. He gets his first win for his Hillers as they beat San Diego High 34-14. Great to see Grossmont get their first win, obviously. See Lawrence get his first win and, and kind of start turning that program back around one of the uh, the bigger programs out there in East County. That was kind of the last in-game, or should I say in-section game I wanted to talk about. We had a lot of teams playing out of section and uh, some teams that uh, played some really good teams out of section, starting with the Helix Highlanders. They hosted Edison. Edison was supposed to play Lahaina uh, to start the season. And obviously with with everything that happened in, in, in Maui and Lahaina with the wildfires and um, you know, still a lot of people missing and in, in, in the tragedy and the natural natural disaster that was, um, you know, a lot of things there. We 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 have our, our thoughts and prayers of the people of Lahaina and, and Maui, obviously, with, with what they're going through. But uh, Edison was going to play two games out there in, in Hawaii. They had those canceled, obviously, looking for a game, uh, last minute game, and uh, Helix picked them up. So uh, they played Edison and uh, they ended up beating Edison 38 34. It's a big win for Helix. Edison, a good but not great southern section. Uh, football team, but you know that's that's a big win for not only Helix but for the San Diego section. Yeah, for sure. Anytime you can, you know, take your team and play a school from LA, whether it's you know a prestigious school or a team like Edison, you always want to represent your city. And for Helix to win an exciting game and it's good. It's good for Helix, but it's also good for the city of San Diego and. It's like it's like we talked about. We have a lot of good football teams and players that have come out the years. That's also why I'm excited. Light on San Diego football, high school football, which I think it's long overdue. You know, over the years we've had some great teams and players, and you know, so having after the end of a good fight. You deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Two local teams being on a national stage like that, it's it's big. So having you know, whenever there's an opportunity for a school from here, whether it's uh, they play a school in, in NorCal or uh, even LA, you know, they definitely it's it's big for the city when they can get a win like that. They got a big win. Uh, we had other schools playing out of out of section as well, or more importantly, against the southern section. Um, the other big win was Carlsbad. They beat Inglewood twenty nine to six. Inglewood, one of those teams on a state championship run last year, uh, had their quarterback go to UCLA, uh, but they had to replace a lot. And Carlsbad got a good win. I mean, that's a good football team up there, regardless of who they got playing for them. 
uh, they went up uh, and played at uh, I think El Camino College or or Orange Coast College uh, and beat Inglewood twenty nine to six. That's a big win for for San Diego as well. So those are two big wins for San Diego. Um, other wins that we got: Steel Canyon beat Heritage, which was good. Uh, they kind of own they've owned Heritage the last couple of years. Um, but aside from that, uh, a lot of our teams. Uh, played and uh, had a tough time. Eastlake got shut out by Apple Valley. Apple Valley team is is really good. Um, they got a lot of big dudes up there and um, in the uh, in the valley, and uh, they won twenty five to nothing. Mission Viejo beat El Camino thirty eight thirteen. I think it's a valiant effort out of El Camino. That's a big football team up there in Oceanside, Jeff. We we scrimmage against them. They got a lot of big dudes at all three levels and and a lot of athletes and. Uh, they're going to be, I think, a force in in the Avocado League. Uh, I don't know if they're good enough to win that league, but you know they're definitely going to be beating some schools uh, in one of traditionally one of the better leagues in San Diego County. Uh, the other one that we had uh, that was notable, uh, if I can find it, was Oceanside played San Juan Hills. They lost thirty-one to ten. But overall, um, you know, challenging ourselves out of section. I know it's very difficult to find games for a lot of our in section. Uh, schools, but uh, not a bad effort out of San Diego schools going against some Orange County schools, which by the way, I mean, the big difference up there is those schools are massive high schools with high enrollments where uh, we got a lot of high schools down here in San Diego. So not a lot of major uh, size schools anymore. Yeah, definitely. So that does, and, and it's just kind of a built-in challenge, but, you know, as you know, coaches and teams down here, you, you want to welcome that, you know, you want to challenge yourself and, 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 you know, play, you know, good competition and, and especially do it outside the section because it will definitely prepare you for the, for the league, you know, and that's why when you do schedule, um, you know, your, your schedule out, um, you want to challenge yourself. You know, see what you need to carry that into league play. So definitely excited to see um, teams here from, from San Diego challenge themselves and, and playing teams up in L.A. and even more so Northern California as well. Big game on Saturday was Granite Hills and Mission Hills. Granite Hills looked pretty good. I think that was their big uh, coming out party to San Diego and, and, and showing that their state championship last year was – uh, not really a fluke, but obviously something that um, is going to be something that Kellen Cobbs and company wants to shoot for every year. And I think they want to be in the open next year, or should I say this year. And they really set the tone by not only scheduling a good team in Mission Hills, but but beating a good team in Mission Hills on, on TV. Uh, Granite looks big. They look fast. They look physical. They got athletic guys in the skill positions. They got big dudes up uh, in the front defensive seven, uh, and on their, uh, offensive line, they got a sophomore, uh, well, he's, he's a freshman, but he's the age of a sophomore. He's one of those reclass guys playing quarterback. Uh, it's a pretty good, solid team, uh, Granite Hills. And I think they're, I think they're the team to beat right now, uh, out in East County. And, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they, they sweep the Grossmont Hills league, a league that contains, uh, some heavy hitters out there in, in Steel Canyon, Grossmont and Helix. Yeah, they seem to be pretty well balanced, and you know, like you said, the success that they had last year, they're looking to carry that over. And you know, when you have experience that you know success that they did, you want to build on that. And you know, they know a great start. You know, in the game, so it was kind of a standalone game for the most part. Uh, Saturday, 
And, uh, you know, they won convincingly. That's great for them uh, to come out and, and win the way they did. So definitely going to keep my eye on throughout the season and see if they can kind of continue to um, build off the momentum of the great season that they had last year. Let's talk about our top tens. Um, I'll give you mine first, and we could talk about the uh, the writers poll, if you will. But uh, you know, we'll go through the uh, top ten via Cal Preps. I mean, it's all different ways you can uh, skin a cat nowadays. Um, as for my vote for the the top ten this week, um, I still think Carlsbad's the team to beat. I got them number one. I think beating Inglewood was a was a big win for them. Um, you know, kind of not that I needed them to prove that they're the best team. I knew they were the best team, but you know, they definitely proved it. Uh, Granite Hills, the win over Mission Hills, a big win. I give them the, the number two spot. Uh, you know, it's tough to say cause you know, they scrimmaged Lincoln Lincoln in that, uh, SDFNL kickoff classic where they kind of play a preseason game. Uh, Granite had a 14, seven lead. Sounded like Granite took their starters out. I don't really know what happened. So I'm not really viewing that as really a head to head matchup cause it's a scrimmage. Uh, but I think Granite's win over Mission Hills is impressive. Uh, then I got the Lincoln Hornets. I think they're going to be there at the end of the year. I think they're an open team for sure um, and definitely the favorite right now in the Western League. Uh, you know, a big win over Waianae. I got them at three. I think Helix beating Edison uh, goes a long way. I have them at four. Uh, Cathedral, I got at five after beating Modern Day, followed by Madison at six. Uh, I don't want to discredit El Camino for playing Mission Viejo. I mean, that's a huge powerhouse in San, in uh, in Southern California. That's a team that can compete with the, the Trinity League year in and year out. So uh, the fact that El Camino hung tough with, with Mission Viejo I think goes a long way, and I like rewarding teams for playing tough competition. I got El Camino at 7. Mission Hills comes in at 8. A tough loss to um, Granite, but that's one of the better teams in the section. I got Saints at 9. Not a lot of people voted for Saints. I think Saints, uh, even though they dismantled the Patrick Henry team that's um, you know, not going to be one of the top 10 teams in the county. Um, I think they're loaded with talent. I think St. Augustine's going to be a, uh, a force to be reckoned with. And they got modern day at number 10. Um, I know they got, they got blown out, uh, by cathedral, but that's a top, one of the top teams in San Diego. And again, I don't like punishing teams for, for playing a good schedule. So Carlsbad, Granite, Lincoln, Helix, Cathedral, Madison, El Camino, Mission Hills, St. Augustine, modern day. Uh, who do you got in your top 10 this week? Well, the top six is the same that I have, that you have. Um, number seven, I actually got Saints. Uh, I think Saints, and they were really, really young last year, but like you said, to echo your uh, statement, um, they have tons of talent. Um, so I'm really high on this team. So I have them at seven. Um, I have Mission Hills at eight. Again, no shame in losing the way they did or losing to Granite Hills. I have them at eight. El Camino have nine. Um, again, uh, tough loss, but against a good team. And then uh, top 10, I have Modern Day. Um, curious to see if they're going to stay in the in 10 after the next couple of weeks. We'll see. Obviously, they can do a lot for themselves if they somehow pull off the big upset against Carlsbad in a, in a, in a revenge game, actually, when they play. And we'll talk more about that, I'm sure, um, in a few minutes. But I have them rounding out 10. So pretty much in agreement, just with a few um spots you know six or seven through nine but again it's early so it's very fluent i'm sure it's going to change in the next couple of weeks as well so that's that's my top 10 for reference on cal preps they go lincoln carlsbad granite madison cathedral mission hills helix Modern camino and la costa canyon they got saint augustine at number 12 
uh, based on the rating system. But St. Augustine had to uh, make up a lot of ground from from last year's ranking uh, that they had, and that's going to obviously fluctuate throughout the year. Uh, we do have a lot of games tomorrow. We have about eight games tomorrow. Most notable uh, games I want to talk about, uh, probably Vista at Ramona. It's Ramona's first game of the year. They took week zero off. They're ranked 15th according, or actually 13th according to Cal Preps uh, against uh, Vista, who's coming off a loss. Vista obviously is going to be a work in progress, Jeff, because of everything that happened to them last year and just finally getting a head coach about uh, a month ago or whatever it was, two months ago. They're really behind the eight ball. It's going to be a tough year for the Vista Panthers um, that has really fallen off from what was Big Red up there in Vista for a long period of time. Uh, but I think that's the best game on Thursday. Let's talk about some of the games on, on Friday uh, before we get in closer. Madison Steel Canyon sticks out to me. Poway St. Augustine. And uh, we got an out-of-town game. Helix uh, going up to the Bay Area to take on St. Francis, who is one of the top teams uh, up in the Bay Area, uh, Jeff. So that's that's a pretty uh, three big games already this weekend. Yeah, I have my on Poway and St. Uh, Augustine. Uh, we talked about the Saints, um, you know, how much talent they have. So this is going to be a good little test for them against the Poway squad. We know the success that Poway had last year. Um, you know, Poway coming off the, the victory, um, kind of slugged their way through a victory over RV last week. So just want to see how those two teams match up. Let's see if Saints can continue the role the way they did. You know, if they get a nice convincing victory this week, um, against Poway, I think it's going to kind of get people's attention about how talented this team is and, and what they could potentially do um, moving forward in the season. Interesting thing with Helix and St. Francis, uh, assist, former assistant athletic director at Cathedral, Theron, went to Helix, now is the athletic director at St. Francis, scheduled a game with his alma mater. So we'll see how the Highlanders do uh, up in the Bay Area against St. Francis. Cathedral is going to play Chaminade. Chaminade scouting report, uh, really good uh, senior class. They had a tough game against Oaks Christian, who is loaded with talent this year and always a good team. Uh, Cathedral will make the long drive up to Chaminade this weekend. Uh, other games that that kind of stick out to me, an interesting one: Script Ranch La Jolla. Jeff, we know about uh, as you you know work again again the, in the Script Ranch community. We knew about that game a couple of years ago. That weird game at La Jolla where where Scripps was taking a knee and somehow the ball got knocked out of the quarterback's hand and Lahoy ended up winning the game. They've had a nice little rivalry the last couple of uh, last couple of seasons. Scripps Ranch and Lahoya. Sure have. You know, obviously, I think, was, I think what three years ago, four years ago, they met. Yeah, uh, yeah, championship game that Lahoya came out on top. But uh, yeah, you know, for Scripps, you know, right where I work at Fitness Quest Ten. You know, about them, they took their licks last year. You know, they were in a very, very tough division uh, playing Cathedrals and Lincoln. And, you know, that was because of the success that they had the previous season. And, they, and, it, and it, it was tough, you know, losing you know, their star quarterback at the beginning of the season. And it was it was challenging. So, you know, they get moved down. So now they have a more favorable schedule. So they might have a pretty successful season um, moving forward. But, yeah, seeing how – uh, those two teams have played over the years to be another competitive and, and spirited game between the two. I think La Jolla probably gets them. At Del Norte, 17 in the city, going against top 10 La Costa Canyon. Barnett going against the place that uh, 
He used to coach at, if I'm not mistaken, uh, he could have been at Carlsbad. I'm not, I don't know that for a fact yet. But uh, the Costa Can Del Norte should be a good battle between one and O schools. Barnett trying to get win number two. Does he get it done on Friday? Uh, I'm not sure. You know, I think I'm going to give Costa the slight edge. You know, I think for Del Norte to win that game you know, two in a row, that did, would be huge. But I do think uh, it's going to be a competitive game. But I, I think with it comes out um, on top on this one. But, you know, I think it, I see it being a one-possession game. Um, you know, they're going to be pumped up, but, you know, I give the edge to LaCosta just by being at home. So I'm um, looking forward to that one, but I think uh, they get it done um, and get it done by uh, within seven points. Your Eastlake Titans, Jeff, are, again, outside the county. This time they're hosting Capistrano Valley, who's 1-0. That game's at 7 o'clock. Down in your neck of the woods, how do you think the uh, what do you think the Titans got to do to bounce back after a tough week? It's a tough game, tough team. Man, it breaks my heart, man. Like I said, alumni, two thousand one through and through, Titan pride. Uh, they've been through a lot, man. Um, at one point, they were the, the top team in, in South Bay and one of the top teams in in all of um, you know San Diego. But they've just gone through so much turmoil and change, and, and just a lot of just you know. Um, uncertainty, a lot of ups and downs. There hasn't been really any type of stability there um, with players leaving and coaching. And just it's just been a constant of instability. And when you have that, it's just hard to build any type of consistency and, and hard to, you know, have consistent success. So I think, you know, if it, for them to bounce back, I think they just, you know, you know it sounds cliche, but just kind of get back to basics, you know. And hopefully that they kind of – I've um, gotten over the hump of being, you know, having this instability and kind of settle in with a coaching staff and just with, you know, players, you know, not leaving left and right. So, you know, like I said, being an alumni, you know, I'm really cheering for them. You know, I'm going to wear my Titans on my sleeve and I hope they can get a, a, a big victory. But, you know, I know they faced a good team last week, but, you know, getting shut out, never good. So hopefully they can bounce back. You know, they did lose some talent last year as well, but, um, you know, I'm hopeful, but I don't know. I, I think they, they might come out and get another loss, unfortunately, to out of out of section team and, and fall to 0 and 2. And hopefully, you know, things will get better. But right now they're struggling to find an identity. East Lake's power rating on Cal Prep's 3.7. Capistrano Valley at a mission viejo is a nine, so a much winnable game. Capistrano Valley went four and six last year. So out of section, but an obtainable out of section game for East Lake. Uh, trying to scroll down here so you can find some uh, more games that that really stick out. Uh, San Clemente's going to host are going to go down to Torrey Pines. That might be a tough game uh, for Torrey this weekend. Uh, and coming up on Saturday. Uh, I think probably the big game of the uh, the weekend. This one's on ESPN two. Modern Day Catholic at Carlsbad. Jeff, I know you're familiar with Modern Day Catholic uh, the last couple of years, um, so I know you've paid attention to them. What does Modern Day Catholic have to do to try to bounce back and and maybe knock off Carlsbad? Well, you know, last year these teams played. It was a great game. Um, Modern Day losing. And overtime, you know, some questionable calls at the end that went against that went in the favor of Carlsbad. And I'm just curious to see how does this team bounce back after getting, you know, shellacked, you know, by the Dons last week. I mean, it's, you know, it's one thing to lose, but it's one thing to lose the way that they did. You know, they give up 55 points. So there's a lot of change. We, not, we 
talked about the players, but also losing their offensive coordinator, Coach V. Who's, you know, shout out to Coach V, who's now at Malcolm uh, Miguel, who got his first win last week. But it's a lot. It's a lot to ask. It's a tall task, and now it's a revenge game. So they're definitely going to be motivated um, to um, avenge a loss that they had last year at home to a Carlsbad team that we talked about was loaded. But you know, for them to win, they they got to start out quick. I, I don't see a scenario if they get behind two scores early. I don't know if they have the horses and um, to really. Uh, come back and, and make it a game. So I'm, I'm curious to see how they start out first quarter, first half, coming off the loss. Because if they get behind early, it, it might be another ugly game, honestly. And um, obviously, they're going to be on ESPN2, national television, so they want to make a good showing for the South Bay. But, you know, it can get ugly quick if they, they don't watch out. So it's it's imperative that they get off to a good start on both sides of the football especially offensively, put some pressure on Carlsbad. You know Carlsbad's going to score um, as explosive as they are with with the weapons that they have and saying, you know, going to Alabama. So they're they're going to chuck it. They're going to put points. Not sure at this point in the season uh, if modern day can keep up with them. So I'm going to be curious to see. I definitely favor Carlsbad to win this game, but I'm uh, curious to see how, how much fight modern day will have. Two-time state champs. Let's see how they respond back emotionally. After the, the the tough the really big time loss to Cathedral last week, yeah, I think that game's gonna be very interesting. To say the least. Obviously, you mentioned a lot of different things uh, on national television. Times that our team very few and far between, and most times when our schools are on TV, it's kind of like local. Locally broadcasted. Um, I put on national TV one time. My senior Brady played Vista Marietta. Uh, it was on a Fox affiliate. Vista Marietta was like 11 in the country. And it's it's a different thing because you got TV timeouts and, and all sorts of stuff. So we'll see if that plays a uh, factor. It usually does with high school kids because, you know, you line up for kickoff and they're sitting there going like, oh, we got to wait two and a half minutes uh, while we wait for this commercial break. So timeout coordinator, all the whole nine yards. Uh, should, be a, should be a fun one. I can't wait to watch it on on television. I guess, well, what time does that game start? Like 4 o'clock? Is that night game? I gotta, I'm going to the Aztec game too, so I'm going to I'm have to go go find a TV and, and, and drop in on the, uh, on the uh, modern-day uh, Carlsbad game on, on television on Saturday night. But uh, very interesting to, to see that game, obviously. And I do have this one question, though. You know, it's kind of like what I was just thinking about. And it's no disrespect to modern day Catholic, but do you think Bristol, Connecticut thought Carlsbad was playing like modern day Santa Ana when they booked that game? Wanted to see Julian Sand go against a, a top team. I mean, it is it is a uh, it is a school that uh, you know out in the West Coast that you know Bristol, Connecticut wouldn't really know too well. You know, honestly, there might be a few people in that building that actually probably think that um, right. when they made that schedule. You know, thinking. Oh, modern day top team in, in all of California playing against Alabama commitment doing the same. So, you know, I was thinking about that honestly. Um, they might be in a surprise when they don't see the red and white out there and, and see, yeah, right? <laughs> you know, blue and gold, so to speak. Um, like, oh, okay, we weren't expecting this team, but we'll take it. You know, two San Diego teams. I mean, like we talked about before, I'm all for that. You know, putting San Diego on a national scene. Uh, so. 
Too bad they couldn't see the game last year. Last year was a very exciting game. I'm hopeful that this year will be something similar, but I just don't know if Modern Day is ready at this point in the season to to give that type of performance like they did last year where it went down to overtime and kind of went back and forth. But uh, hopefully I'm wrong, but initial thoughts, I, I see, you know, Carlsbad winning this game, you know, two or three touchdowns, unfortunately. But, uh, again, you know, being on national television, I'm sure they're going to be pumped up about that. And um, and they have the revenge angle, you know, but they're going on the road against a very tough team. So it, it's a it's a tough ask for modern day. But, you know, like I said, there's still talent on the team. It just might take a few games to get them to gel and then develop. But it should be interesting to see come Saturday ESPN 2. Let's get McMill on the rock, man. Let him pound the rock. Control the clock. Keep Julian Sane off the field. That'd be my game plan. There you go. There you go. That's why they pay you the big bucks, huh, Brady? That's right. But I'm not. I'm not an office coordinator. <laughs> uh, that's that's. Uh, hopefully, that's the. You know, it's a close game. We can see a nice game on on national television. Uh, you gonna make it out to any games this weekend? Any any games you're looking at that we didn't mention? No, I'm not sure. Um, you know, having having three girls and soccer and all that stuff makes it a little challenging sometimes. But uh, um, if my day game was in the area where I live, I, I would might go out there. But you know, it's all obviously in Carlsbad. But I don't know yet. Uh, I'm gonna look at the schedule and see. You know, definitely with doing this podcast, I'm gonna kind of make my presence felt and, and, and see the talent that's out there. Um, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. Are you gonna be at the Carlsbad game? Uh, no, I'll be uh, I'll be watching San Diego State, uh, but I'll have that game on on the TV at the club area, so go check that out and watch it. I'm going to be up the uh, we're leaving early on uh, on Friday on Friday morning or really kind of like noon time to get up to Commonade up in the west of this area. That will be uh, where I will be on Friday night to take on the Chaminade Eagles. Uh, so that will be a uh, I'll be a tough match, uh, a good game for us, and you know, hopefully, uh, San Diego teams come out with the win. Got a lot of San Diego teams going against uh, some Southern Section teams again, so uh, we'll see how it goes. Jeff, thanks again as always. We'll uh, we'll be tuned in next week. We'll do more of a, a traditional podcast uh, if we have time. If not, we always got the uh, the Twitter Spaces. All of you that joined us today, we really appreciate it. Uh, anybody that's uh, listening on the podcast. Thanks again for joining us. We will be doing these live uh, via StreamYard or on uh, Twitter Spaces. You want to be active on the show, you can follow me on social media at B underscore S-U-R-P. You can follow Jeff at, was it Coach King? Coach Jeff King, yes. Coach Jeff King on social media as well. Uh, and keep right here uh, when we talk talking anything high school football on the High School Football Podcast on 97.3 The Fan. Jeff King, I'm Brayton Sprint. Thanks again for tuning in. We look forward to talking to you next week. Enjoy the games out there this weekend, and uh, talk to you next Thursday. Thank you, guys. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your- 
your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade used with permission.